Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today. We have a great guest. He's a repeat guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George is famous for his law practice in New York City, having spent more than 10 years working for Goldman and DiLorenzo, taught at the law school at NYU for more than 20 years, the author of two best-selling books on real estate and negotiation, and also famous for his role on the TV show The Apprentice as Mr. Trump's right-hand man. On today's show, we're talking about the extreme amount of cap rate compression that is occurring in many markets. Listen to George's perspective on cap rates and valuation. Good evening, George. Evening. Hi, Victor. Nice to see you. You're still in Florida? Of course. Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> Weather's good. It is. Yeah, I'll be I'll be here. I'll be going uh, back to New York uh, next month, June. You have someone taking care of the house? I imagine you would. Oh, yeah. No problem. But other than that, the weather has been fabulous here. Yes, I was down there for the launch of a wine um, last month, and it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. The launch of what kind of line? This is um, a line of sparkling wines from Portugal. Oh. From the north of Portugal. They had a sparkling red, a sparkling rosé, and a sparkling white. And this particular winery... Uh, is launching in the U.S. They did a tour of 14 different cities, and the the launch I attended was at the Hilton in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in Fort Lauderdale, why didn't you come see me? I, I was literally there for an evening, and oh, then I flew okay. to Dallas. So okay. Otherwise, I would have loved to Fine. to drop. Okay. Off. Yeah. Just just curious. Would love to see you in person. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, well, obviously, it's been an incredibly turbulent time in the markets and and certainly in the real estate market. One of the things that I wanted to shine a little bit of a spotlight on is a recent report that came from CBRE on cap rates across major cities in the United States. What are we and talking about that- when you say cap rate? What do you mean? Because that, that has a different connotation. What's the cap rate that you're talking about? We're talking about the market cap rate for multifamily transactions. What do you mean? That are- the market cap rate? What the- Explain it. I don't know what, what we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about if you have a multifamily apartment project, let's say it's a couple of hundred units, the value that would be attached to that simply calculated by taking the net operating income and dividing that by the purchase price. That is the cap rate. Okay. You know, the classic definition. Uh, So it's, you know, pre-debt service as as a measure of yield based on income minus expenses. Okay. How did you get to 3%? That's a survey that was taken by CBRE across these multiple markets. Uh, where, in, for example, in Denver, last year the cap rate had been, well, in fact, for a number of years, had been trading very consistently around a 4.5% cap rate. Yeah. And in 2021, in the second half of 2021, multiple markets, Austin, Dallas, Phoenix, Nashville, Denver, Boston, and others, we're all trading at a three percent cap rate. Uh, some of the other markets were at a three and a quarter, three and a half, mm-hmm. which is a crazy low number to me. That just means that these assets are incredibly overpriced, at least in my view. But it seems to be that that's what the market is doing. When you say overpriced, is that probably all you're saying is the rate of return is lower and the and the cost is higher? Are we right? That's right. People are definitely paying a premium. Uh, they're they're paying a lot for that yield. Yeah. And as interest rates go up, 
I don't think those rates are going to be sustainable. So the question is, and you, you know, you were obviously there front and center in the late seventies, early eighties, when interest rates uh, went up spectacularly, I would expect to see a fall in prices or uh, an increase in cap rates as interest rates go up. And I wanted to get your perspective, whether you think that's a, a legitimate relationship, if that's something we can expect, uh, because obviously, as interest rates go up, there's just not as enough money to service that debt. So, only way to handle that. I'm not saying it's servicing is servicing the debt. I think it, uh, my personal feeling is you're looking at it the wrong way. Uh, okay. Real estate values are going up. People have to have a place to live, and when they have to have a place to live, the the, the uh, uh, purchase prices of pieces of property has gone up tremendously because people want to live there. When you raise the prices. At this point, of course, the, the cap rate basically goes down because it is having you now buying something. So, if you're, if for example, if you're, if previously, say, right now they're looking at a development, and you would pay for for that development uh, five hundred thousand uh, dollars, and that has a, a reasonable rate of return four percent, five percent, six percent, pick a number. And the problem is somebody else is going to bid that bid it out. So you're in a bidding war right now, which is unusual in many areas, certainly in the United States, the hot areas. It's not the same in other areas, which are not so so hot. But meanwhile, uh, so you make a lesser return today, but you probably do better in the, in the future. It's still, it's still is basically a, 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 sol- a solid investment. And understand, I think constantly rents will go up because they, they match the cost of living. And uh, they also... Uh, match just whatever the borrowing rates are of banks. So it's it, this is typical real estate one hundred and one. Why is mm-hmm. it different? I don't understand what they why 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 people will think as if it's so what at this. Understand two things as far as more than two things. Number one, the cost of construction will always go up, no question. So something that you're buying now that's built has a certain value. Now, if that were being built tomorrow or a week or a month or a year from now, it costs more to get there. So the value is less, which means you need a greater return to sustain the investment. Yes. But you're talking in the, in the now rather than in the future. If you're talking about, should you, should you end up now, what are, you, what are we talking about in future developments? What are you planning on doing? It depends on where you're you're thinking of marketing, how much money you have, and and how what the time frame is. Many people who don't who get involved in real estate transactions don't do a, a basic calculation. The basic calculation is very simple. You have a game plan for every piece of property that you own or buy, and the game plan is how much is it going to cost me now. That's simple. That's a, whatever the number is. Sure. Second thing is, how long am I planning on keeping it? That's the key. Two years, five years, 10 years, long time, whatever it is. So you have a game plan and say, good, I'm going to keep this property for one month, two months, one year. And it depends on what you're doing. If you're towing a, a fixer up or where you're just buying something to fix it, sell it, and then sell it, that's a short-term arrangement. If you're buying uh, or involved with multi-units of apartments, that may be a longer term measure. Some may go for uh, 15 years, 20 years is for future investment. Each one has a different life and a different history. Now, and you figure out, you plot out where it is now, where you think it is going based on the information that you have. 
So you're saying, well, generally looking at this, it's been increasing 2% a year, 5% a year, 2% a month, whatever it is, you figure out what you think. And this is all speculation because you're talking future. But say, I anticipate that the, that the costs will increase 5% a year. All right, just use it. And you now I'm going to keep something for five years. Now, you say, okay, how's my income? Is my income going to go up at least equivalent so that I can live with that 5% rate? That we're talking, the, the cost one. If the answer is yes, you can live with it. Makes sense to do the deal. The key is once you have done this, and you now say, well, if I can live with the result in the bottom at the end, based upon the information which I have in the beginning, which is very flimsy. Let's face it. But if I can live with the end result, it's still worth doing. Now, so if your doomsday scenario is okay. So you now say my doomsday scenario is I'm going to put in $100,000 at the end of five years, I'm going to get out $100,000. All right, you're breaking even, but I've got income along the way. All right, so it's I can live with that. If you can live with the doomsday scenario, then it makes sense to do it, provided you keep your eye on what's going on every month and readjust your numbers. So if you're in an area where rents are going up, you adjust your numbers. If you're really in an area where rents are going down, you adjust them where uh, cost of living goes up and see whether or not, how does that affect your, your end result, your doomsday scenario? If it makes it horrible, sell, get out. If on the other hand, it's, a, it's an aberration you can live with, you stay with it and say, let me see what happens next month or the month after or the week, whatever it is, whatever it is in the particular area. And uh, make my decision based on that. Now, if you monitor what's going on, you know which what course to take. One of the concerns, and not the concerns, what I've seen a lot of people get involved, they figure it's going to last forever. Right. So now I'm going to buy a property at that point. It shows me a reasonable, it shows me now basically a, 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 a an 8% return. Wow, that's great. I'm going to have an 8% return forever. That's not, that's, that's fiction. What's going to affect that 8% return? What's in the marketplace that changes? And you start to build those in in your, in your model, and then you come up with a, with a conclusion. Now, if the investor who does this, they're going to be okay. If they don't do it, they're doomed to not failure, but it's pure guesswork because you didn't keep an eye on it. So one of the beauties of uh, uh, the hazards of real estate is at what time do I buy and what time do I sell and do I get out? goes with the property, goes with the business. But it depends on the particular property, the particular nature of investment. You can assume people will have to have a place to live. All right, that's number one. There are going to be businesses which are going to uh, be built in certain areas which are not previously recognized building areas. I don't see any major expansion, which is going on, for example, in the city of New York. Right. I don't see it. Now, however, hey, let's do Dallas, Austin, Texas, huge expansion going on. Now, so there's a change. The population is changing because many people, many uh, uh, people are moving from the north to the south. They want to get in, away from the uh, crime. They want to get away from the politics. And now they move to a different area. Now, with that movement, you have businesses or companies which will go there because there's the, that's where the labor market is going. So if you have a labor market going, what do they need? I need housing. Or if I'm building a factory in, in a, a remote area, there are going to be people who have to service, that I'm going to have to hire people. Where are they going to live? They're going to need housing for them. So it's really making an analysis 
of a particular area at a particular piece of property or group of properties in that area and come up and say, yeah, this 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 right now looks like a, an intelligent investment, in which case you do it, but you monitor it to see whether or not you made a horrendous mistake over a period of time. And in my experience, that's where the fallacy of real estate ownership or novices in the business, they don't have a game plan and they don't know when to get out. One of the hardest things to do is to take a, just to take a hit take a loss and say, I made a mistake. I'll take a loss. I'll go on to something else because everybody say eh, next year, it'll be better mm-hmm. next month. Will be better. So you always hope it's going to be, or I've got so much time and money invested in it. I don't want to give it up. That's a, that's a mistake. So when you see the market converging on valuations that it, let's say if my game plan is a certain yield, a certain cap rate, maybe it's 4%, maybe it's 4.5%, and people are bidding up the price above that, Yeah. then I should choose not to play at the prices that they're paying. I'm not saying not to I play. I should stick to I my think, guns. I say if you can work in the prices at this point, fine. You can. Some of the best transactions that I've seen in my long history with real estate are when somebody overpaid for a piece of property. Overpaid. Paid a price that nobody else would consider. If it was the location was such, yeah, the location came through. Well, let me ask a question: Did they overpay, or did they see hidden value that no, the others no, did? No, they, they 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 took a they they, they when you say see, see hidden value, yeah, that you they saw the property in a different light than other other investors. Right. I one of the one of the best deals that I not, uh, that I saw made with a client is he bought a piece of property. All right, years ago, this is in the eighties. For a 4% return, all right? Now, for a 4% return, it was a guaranteed return. It was, it was a lease that was there that was going to be in existence. Now, the average property at that time was showing a return or looking at a, a, a 10 12%. And this party went and said, I'll take a 4% return. But the property was intrinsically valuable, say, in an area that, that later on when that lease is gone, the property will be good or somebody's going to buy it to have that is looking for a guaranteed return. And the truth of the matter was, yes. At this, within two years, is that some other buyer wanted to have it because he wanted to include it in his property and uh, paid double the purchase price. Mm-hmm. Now, that's unusual, but nevertheless, real estate has an intrinsic value depending upon its location and what it wants. And I've seen a number of the, the deals that I've seen turn very, very successfully were a direct result of overpayment or what looked like overpayment. To the rest of the real estate world. That's why it could, you could buy it. So it makes sense. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a gamble. But real estate is a gamble. You know that. Yeah. But speculation based on the future. But now you have to have a, you have to have confidence in that the future is going to go the way you predict predicted. So that's question mark. On the other hand, is it going to go the way you didn't predict? So what I say, you didn't predict. Whoever thought that is basically that you would wouldn't see strip malls anymore. That you had one one anchor store and a lot of a lot of satellite stores, and then all of a sudden, what happened? You have a major mall, and the with the and some of the big tenants went to the major mall, and the little guys couldn't go anywhere. You lost value because it was not attractive. So now, look at the big box stores, what they're doing now, and look at how many of them are, are no longer in business. What happened to Kmart? Remember Kmart? Yeah, had two thousand stores, and now they're down to three. All right. Now, op- take that on the opposite end of it and look at Walmart and Target. What changed? The marketing. 
the marketing, the getting out in the people, the the uh, getting people to buy online, getting people to know your know your product, know your store. Not just they're not going to walk in there. You got to entice them in. So that's a whole new different marketing plan. So the ones that could do it, yeah, they they survived or will do better. I love my conversations with George. He puts what's happening in the market in the perspective of someone who's been working in this industry for close to seven decades. He has literally seen it all. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.